All right, we are going to turn over tonight to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 16 through 25, and we're looking at this title, How to Overcome the Flesh, Overcoming the Flesh. And every one of us has struggled with the flesh. Some of you have struggled with the flesh today. Maybe all of us have struggled with this flesh today. It's something that we as carnal beings living in a carnal world, we're going to deal with this. And so it's something we all struggle with. And sometimes you may think I'm the only one, but no, you're not. We're all struggling with this. So tonight we're going to look at some scripture and some encouragement of how we can overcome. And, and I'll give you a clue. It's not through your power. It's going to be through somebody else. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at these verses in Galatians 5. You stand for the reading of the word. It says in verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, or the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit how to overcome the flesh let's pray heavenly father we come to you tonight knowing that god that you have given us lord you break the bondages within our life god you empower us with the power of your holy spirit living within us oh god and lord the enemy comes against us tonight and oh lord trying to draw us back lord trying to bring us back into bondage but god you've already given us freedom lord and if we trust in you if we feed this spiritual man lord within us God will have victory tonight. And God, I pray that you bring down strongholds. You give victories where there seems like there's no way. And God, that Lord, we walk away tonight free and Lord empowered in the spirit. We thank you for it. You speak tonight, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Hallelujah. How to overcome or overcoming the flesh. Amen. This, this flesh is a strong thing, is it not? Uh, before you got saved, you were in bondage and you had no control. You, you, you want to do right. You wanted to do good. You wanted to experience the uh, 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 victory in your life. But it seemed like every time you tried, you failed. It, it, it reminds me, and I've told you before, of the man, I wish I could remember, Dad probably will, the, uh, I told it first Pentecostal talking about going through a, uh, going through a phase where he's trying to lose weight, and man, he loved McDonald's quite a bit, and so he was he was determined he was going to keep losing weight, and so 
he decided he, he was going to show the devil that he wasn't going to beat him. And so he's, he's, he's trying to lose a few pounds. He might have lost four or five. He decided he's going to show how he's strong. And he went to McDonald's, went through the drive-thru, bought him a big burger, and he said, I'll show you, devil. I'll put it right there on the dash, and I'll show you I can lick this. I can beat this in my own strength. He said that, that aroma come up and was kind of fogging up the, the windshield. And the more he drove, the more that smell filled the car. He said there wasn't no time he looked up. There wasn't nothing but an empty wrapper laying on the dash where that hamburger had been. He figured out real quick he didn't have any strength in himself. We, can't, we don't have strength in ourselves. You, when you get saved, it ain't you that does the work. It's got to be God, right? And so we struggle. So even now, Wouldn't it be nice when you got saved? If you never dealt with problems again. If you got up this morning and the devil was running from you and he didn't come, you ain't seen him since the day you got saved. Wouldn't that be a nice thing? That'd be wonderful. No problems. You never get sick. Never have any issues. Never struggle in your faith. Never have temptations. You're just walking on top of the mountain the rest of your life. That would be wonderful. It probably would be, we need a few valleys because we need to know who God is, right? So, but that's not the way it is. We're going to go up and down. There's going to be struggles. The enemy tried to even destroy, to, to uh, tempt the Lord Jesus Christ. He had, to, he had to struggle and he had to go through temptations. He had to struggle with the flesh. But he was victorious where we many times fail. And so he's our encouragement. So when you go through things, you may even have things. You see, we don't know. You don't, you don't know what's inside of me. Hopefully I'm not hiding a bunch of stuff. And I don't know what's inside of you. And so, but the only, there is one person who does know. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows what's going on. And he wants you to have victory. And so when we get saved, I remember the night when I got saved. I mean gloriously saved. I came down to that altar and I was in bondage. And I had things I could not beat. I had things that I had no victory over in my life. There was no hope that I was going to change it in myself. If I could, I would have. But I couldn't. But when I got up from that altar after praying, all of a sudden things were different and things were changed and chains were broken and my hope was in my heart and freedom was inside of me and I was white as snow. It wasn't what I did, it's what he did in me. Now he broke those chains and I got up and I was free. But if we don't watch the enemy, what does he do? He doesn't come back immediately and try to totally trip you up and give you a big thing for you to do. He starts slowly coming back with little bitty things in your life, trying to discourage you, to get you to maybe bring this little bitty thing back in or do this. This is not that big a deal. Look around. Everybody else is doing these things. And before you know it, if you don't watch out, that temptation, that flesh nature starts rising up again and it'll try to pull you back in. Victory, God says, I will give you complete. And he gives us victory. But we're the ones that if we don't watch, our, 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 our desires will draw us back into bondage. And so that's what he's talking about. In fact, if you read the verses right before this, why is he talking about this? There, there is evidently some uh, people that are fighting against each other. There's people that maybe they're talking about each other. And he warns them the verse before this and says, and, and paraphrasing here, he says, watch basically how you talk about people and you fighting and bickering with each other or you're going to destroy each other. Is what he's basically saying. You're going to devour each other. You're going to eat each other up and you're going to destroy everybody. And then he says, then he's given you the ability. Here's how you do it. And he says right here, and we're going to see tonight four different things that the Word of God says that we are able, how can we overcome the flesh? There's four things the Scripture tells, at least four things, that we're going to look at tonight. And it says, first, we're going to see that you will overcome the flesh when you walk in the Spirit. When you walk 
in the Spirit. Verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the lust of the flesh? The, the lust of the flesh is when you desire something that is contrary to the Word of God. There's the lust of the eyes, there's the lust of the flesh, and there's the pride of life. These things is what draws, that's what caused Eve to desire to be smarter and to be like God's. And they desired what God told them not to touch. And in our lives, those same things are drawing us away from God. And so it says here, you, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill. That means to complete it. it there, there'll be a drawing. You may, the devil may tempt you, but you won't fall into it. And so the only way we do that is by walking in the Spirit. Verse 17 says, for the Flesh lusteth against the spirit, it wants control. And the spirit against the flesh, God's saying, I've given you victory. Don't fall back into it. Don't, don't go back. And these are contrary, one the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. If we don't watch, there are these, these two contrary things that's going on inside of us, and when you wake up in the morning, that flesh is already waiting. It's already saying, please me, feed me, do what I want. When you get ready to go to bed, you know what? you got to watch because honestly, I, feel, I think most people may be this way. When you get tired, you find yourself weaker than any other time. When you're tired, your defense comes down. And so you'll be sitting there, and what do you do when you're tired? You, you got to watch what you fill your mind with. you got to watch how you respond to people. Someone says something to you, you're tired. You react, right? You're tired, and you may even be entertaining yourself with things that, well, I'm tired. I just want to fill my mind. And you might and cause yourself grief because you're going to encourage the wrong nature. We are dealing with a flesh nature, and we're dealing with a spiritual nature. And we're going to look at tonight which one's winning out. We're going to look at which one. Paul knew all about this. He talked about it a lot. He why is he talking about spiritual warfare? Why is he talking about putting on spiritual armor? He's talking about this fleshly battle. He's taught, I mean, this is guys wrote the third of the New Testament. And you're saying he struggles with the flesh? Yes. Absolutely, he did. And so he knows if he did, you and I are. So we're going to look at that. In Romans 7, 8, 18 and 19, he tells us this. For I know, and he's talking about himself, for I know that in me, and then he says, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do right. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, or would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. What's he saying? He's saying, I want to do right in myself, and we all do. We want to live for God. We want to live pure. We don't want to fall in that same trap again. We don't want to do those things. And we have a desire in ourselves. Peter said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never, Lord, I'll never, you've got to be kidding me. I'll never forsake And three hours later, he was saying he don't even know him. He was saying exactly what he said he would never do. Why? He had the desire, but he didn't have the spiritual strength. The spiritual man was not strong enough to endure what he was going through. So Paul knew that. So this, this, these words in the scripture here is talking about these two natures that are warring within us. And you're, you're going through the same thing that, that, that I am and the rest of us are. There's a war going on inside of you. And the, the answer to overcome, let me give you, let me tell you the worst way to try. This, you'll, every one of us has probably fell in this mistake right here. Here's, here's how you don't fix this. You don't uh, overcome the flesh by spending all your, try, your own self trying to keep it pushed down. 
We know that we have a sin nature. We know that there's things we struggle with. We worry about those things. And so we dwell on those things. Lord, I, I'm not, not going to try to, I, I can't do it. Lord, I'm going to do everything in my power not to do that again. Lord, forgive me. And I'll do everything I can not to do it. So we're thinking about it and we're dwelling on it. And it's getting in our mind. Lord, do you help me not just like that hamburger I was telling you about. And so you're thinking about it. You're looking at it. You're smelling it. You're, you're keeping it the center of your focus. And if you don't watch, it'll, that makes you even more uh, conscious of that thing. And it'll cause you to fall right into it. Yes. What this word here is telling us is the opposite of that. What it's saying to do is make God the central focus of your life. And those other things will fade away. Don't concentrate. Don't be thinking about, Lord, I'm going to keep following this. Oh, i got to keep watching it. No, keep looking at the Lord. Don't look at the problem that you keep following. Keep concentrating on the Spirit of God and the Lord. And as He gets more dear to you, this voice will get quieter and quieter. Those things that we try to get away from is what we think about. Let me give you an example of this. I've told you this before, but it's so real to me. I had a, I had a diet, but I needed to get on another diet. But I was on a diet many years ago, and it was a low-carb diet. How many ever been on a low-carb diet? What's the one thing? If you never, Okay, if you haven't, you may not. What's the one thing you crave? I mean, you're getting all the meat. You're getting all the cheese and the eggs and the bacon. And at first, you think, this is going to be an absolute wonderful diet. This is going to be the best thing in the world because I can eat all the meat. It's killing your kidneys probably because of all that protein. But you're just, you're just eating it up and you're thinking, wow, that's great. But at the end of each meal, what are you craving? Sugar. sugar. Exactly. I can tell somebody else has been through it. So you, you don't get satisfied because you're wanting sugar. That's what you're not getting is those sugar. So the whole time, and I did pretty good with this, but it's not something you can complete. Well, at least I couldn't. You can't sustain it forever. Because you want that sugar. Now, on my mind, because I was concentrating, I can't have sugar. Everything I, everything I got, I was looking at the label. Okay, is that, how many carbs is that thing got in it? Okay, okay, that's too many carbs. Can't, not this. Of course, I don't have any carbs. But, uh, but, but I'm sitting there thinking, I can't have that. But the whole time, concentrate on carbs. What am I desiring? I'm thinking about carbs all day long. That's all I can think about is carbs. And in my mind, I didn't even eat this cereal before. Did, that wasn't even my favorite. I guess I had, but it was not my favorite cereal. In my mind, I got a picture in my mind of, because I know why, because it's in the title. Super Sugar Crisp Sugar Crisp Cereal. I don't know where that came from. And the whole time I'm on this diet, I kept saying, when I get done, I'm going to tear up that cereal. I'm telling you right now, I mean, that's the first thing. And well, that's the first thing I got. My cabinet was full of that, that cereal for a long time. And that's a funny way to tell you, if you try to defeat this in your own strength by trying to concentrate with all your power, that's all you're going to think about and you'll fall right back into it. You don't have the ability. You don't have the ability. You can't do it in your own strength. This flesh is too weak. The only way you're going to overcome and the only way you're going to be able to walk in the Spirit is when God's Word is in your heart and you're focusing on Him. Your eyes are upon the Lord. And all of a sudden, that desire is replaced with a love for Jesus Christ. And so what His Word tells you to do, that's the steps you're going to take. because You're, you're going to move away from those desires that's causing you this trouble that you're falling into. And the only way we can do that, He's got to become the greatest focus of our life. Every day, you've got to fill yourself up with Him. You've got to fall more in love with Him. And then all of a sudden, this voice will get quieter and quieter and quieter. Number two, so if you want to overcome the flesh, one, walk in the flesh. Number two, if you want to overcome the flesh, you need to be led. Or not walk in the flesh. I think I just said that wrong. Lord, help me. Walk in the Spirit. If I said that wrong, Lord, help me. And the next thing you need to overcome, you will be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. The uh, verse uh, 18 says, But if ye be led 
of the Spirit, you're not under the law. It's talking about, in one of the verses before that, it's talking about a law that we are in bondage to the flesh and we have no ability to break out of that mold. When you got, before you got saved, you couldn't, I mean, you want to do right. You knew things you were doing was wrong. It was destructive. It was hurting your family. It was hurting your own self. It was hurting relationships. And you knew God was displeased. And you want to do right, especially when you get under conviction. But you can't seem to do it. The only way that you're able to do it is that you, who, who, who leads you? Where, where, what makes you make the decisions you're making? One of the things we're going to see, it's, it's by what we put in our mind, what we're thinking. Romans 8, 5, and 6 tells us, says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what it's saying is, is what are you putting in your mind? What, what are you doing in your mind that is causing you to bear one of two types of fruit? You're either bearing spiritual fruit or you're uh, bearing fleshly fruit. And the way that you can get freedom from it is we need to fill our mind with the Word of God, with the glorious promises of God, and let it do its work. You know, I was reading the, uh, you know, we've all heard this, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And you can tell I'm not, I'm not eating uh, uh, health food all the time. I'm not, you can tell that. I don't have to tell you that. You can tell that. But we know that we are what we eat. But, you know, I was thinking, you are also led by what you think. You are walking in the path of what you're filling your mind with. So if you're not encouraging yourself daily, if you're, if you're not being faithful to the house of God, if you're not reading your word, if you're not praying, if you're not seeking God, you struggle more. It's because if we fill our mind with the things of God, we will see that our mind will be transformed. Paul also tells us about that in Romans. We talked about this a few times. Romans 12, 2, he tells us about how do we change this mind? How do we get that thing changed? We're struggling in our mind. By the way, everything. When we're going we're gonna to look this minute at this incredibly horrible list of the fruits of the flesh. And you're going to say, how in the world do we ever get there? How do we get in that bad spot? It's because of what starts in the mind. Everything. You don't kill somebody just, just out of the blue. You've been thinking about hating them for a long time. And it gets, you get yourself worked up. And all of a sudden, there is a hate in her heart. And then all of a sudden, you do things. And you're going to see that, that you can't even imagine you would do. So we've got to realize we've got to have a transformed thinking. Romans 12, 2 tells us about that. And be not conformed to this world. Don't be part of this fleshly world that we live. Don't feed that flesh. But be ye transformed, metamorphosis, transformed and changed into something brand new by the what? Renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's wanting to do great things in your life. And as long as what we're feeding is the flesh and the thing that we're listening to and filling our mind with is the flesh, we will never, ever get to that place. But it says here that if we let, by the renewing, the, this word right here washes our mind. It replaces. Let me tell you something. I can tell you for a fact, if you would have known me before I got saved, my vocabulary changed a lot. My actions and what I did changed a lot. It was what? It was because of what God did in that altar. And all of a sudden, this word becomes a priority in your life. And when you see that you don't, this is like a mirror. 
when you get up this morning, before you went to, hopefully before you go to work, you actually look at this and, and that mirror and you say, okay, do I need to, you know, do I need to, oh, I forgot to shave. I forgot to shave. I better shave. Or, I, oh, I forgot to comb my hair. Or, man, boy, I didn't see that, you know, that, that spot. What's that on my cheek, you know? So we, we look in the mirror to see what needs correcting. And when the Word of God, God uses this as a mirror to say what needs correcting within us as we read this Word of God. So you want to transform your mind? Start right here, this Word of God. It will transform the way you think. The Spirit will lead you if you'll listen to its voice. You know, sometimes we can just say, I, I, don't, I reject, I don't want to do that. You ever done that? I, I have to say that there's been times I did. The Lord draw me to do something, and that's not what I want to do. And I kind of move away from it. Lord, no, I don't want to do. And the vo- we can push that voice away. We don't hear it anymore. But we, the Spirit is speaking to you. If you are encouraging it and you are walking in it and you're letting Him lead you, He will strengthen you and He will get louder. Instead of softer, He will get louder. You know, the Lord gives us an example. The Lord listened to what the Spirit said, even when it meant leading Him into temptation. You mean the Spirit will lead you through to end of temptation? Yeah, but He'll take you all the way through it. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 tells us about that. It says, then, this is as soon as He's filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the, the dove come down and rested upon Him. And then immediately it says, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. You mean the Spirit? Why in the world would the Spirit take you into some kind of temptation or where you're going to get tempted. But, you know, the difference here is the devil's getting ready to get the one to be the one defeated. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, the same tempter came to the first Adam, and he came to him, and through Eve and Adam, they fell into his temptation, and mankind was lost. You and I are still suffering from that today. But when he came to the second Adam... The Lord Jesus Christ, and he came to him and tempted him with all of his might. The Lord Jesus Christ, because he's filled with the Spirit, he's being led by the Spirit, he's able to take that heel and crush that head. No, I will not do what you tell me to do. I will, the Lord my God, that's who I'm going to serve, and that's whose voice I'm going to listen to. And this word that you're trying to twist, you can't twist it on me because that Spirit is within me. I am God, by the way, and I know what it says. Therefore, you, you lose the victory. And so he won the victory not only against him but for us because he was led. Listen, sometimes in your life as you go through things, the, end of the, the Spirit of God is right there with you. And when you get temptation comes your way, he'll give you victory. And when you go through temptation and you are able to win that through the power of God, you come out of that stronger than before. It's hard to go through troubles. It's hard to go through trials. But when you go through those things and you come out victorious on the other side, there is a strength within your soul. Now you lean on the Spirit more than you ever did before because He took you through that. He didn't tempt you. He's not the one that's trying to get you to make a mistake. But He says, even through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be right there with you. And I'm going to give you the victory if you will be led by the Spirit. And so we've got to be led. You know, being led is being told where to go. And then you've got to walk there. Okay, you want me to take this step? Lord, where to go? I'll go right here. Where do you want me to go next? And so we've got to learn to obey what the Spirit of God is telling us. So that's the first two. We've got to walk in the Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit. Number three, you'll overcome the flesh when you feed the Spirit. What are you feeding? 
What are you feeding? If you want to see your plants get all beautiful and luscious, I, I get camera notifications all the time while I'm at work and, 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 and even at lunchtime. Who's running around the house? Well, my wife's coming home for lunch. And what's she doing at the front door? Because she comes in the side door. Why's somebody at the front door? And I check, what's she doing? She's out there watering them plants on the front porch. She's watering them plants. I mean, I come home, there's water coming off them. What's going on? She's feeding. She's giving them the nourishment they need. You all feed what you want to flourish. So the thing is, what are we feeding? What are we feeding? And, and so how do we know what we're feeding? There's going to be fruit. There's going to be fruit. And some of it's not good. So we've got to look in our lives and see the struggles in our mind and our heart. What are we dealing with? Which one are we feeding? We're going to see. It gives us a big old list here. It's not all-inclusive, but it gives us a list to figure out which thing we're feeding. It's going to first show us the works of the flesh. The fruit of the flesh is manifested when that's what we're feeding. But then it says, but that's not what you want. Let me show you the opposite. Here's the good stuff. Let me tell you what. And we all want those things. It says here, look in, look in our lives. And no, we, you know, I'm sure we're not, when we get to murder, we're not going to, there's not somebody in here that I ain't told nobody, but I murdered. That's probably not going to be here. It's probably not going to be here. And if it, Lord can help you if it is. But th this is, these are the end result. When you read these, don't say, well, I'm off the hook. These are the final steps. These are, this is where the, fle the, the fleshly fruit leads us. This is where your destination is. Because these are some big things. But this is what that flesh will do to you if that's what we feed. And that says in verse 19, now the works of the flesh, the fruit of the flesh, are manifest. You can see them. This is what you're going to see growing, which are these, adultery. How does that start? You know, it's adultery. Where does that start? The mind. It hits the heart, lust, and then you act upon that. And before you know it, that's, if you'll look at every one of these, they start in the mind. So we see that here's the works, adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Some of these you won't even understand, but they're, every one of them start through the mind. Lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings of the such and such like. In other words, there's many, many more. This list is so, so huge of the which I tell you before, as I also have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's saying you are, you are manifesting fleshly fruit because you're feeding the flesh. You're feeding the flesh and you can see it's taking you the wrong direction. But then he gives you the other side. That's not what you need to do. If that's what you're seeing, we've got to quit feeding that. And we've got to start feeding the spiritual man. Why? Here's the result of the spiritual man. Here's what God wants in your life. But it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, when you feed it, is what? Love, joy, peace. Man, how, this whole world's looking for peace, love, and joy. Amen. The 60s, what are they looking for? Love, joy, peace. And what are they looking for? It's not in marijuana. It's not in some encounter with another person or drugs and alcohol. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And then it goes on. Against such, there is no law. There is no law. You won't find a law. Even in this carnal, crazy world where everything's turned upside down, you won't find a law that says you love somebody, you're going to jail. It ain't going to happen. Why? These are godly things. These are things that we long for and look for. And when you see these fruit bearing on people, you know that God is living within them. We have no ability to do this in ourselves. But how do we get here? Feed 
the spiritual man. Feed the spiritual man. I've told you this before, and, 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 I, I, uh, and, and we talked about this fruit, by the way, this Sunday. That's what we was talking about. I am, I am the, uh, uh, the uh, vine, the true vine. And so we talked about this, this fruit and, and are, are we producing this fruit. But there, and in your life, we're producing one of two types of fruit, flesh or, or the spirit. And so this, all these things start in our mind. But I, I was reading and I was looking and it's now gone. Bill Burkett was a mighty man of God, preacher. Man, he was good. He's deep. And uh, he wrote a book a long time ago and I've told you about it. But it fits here perfectly, so I want to go over it again. He wrote a book called The Dog and the Duck. And it was just, it was like almost like a parable that he was illustrating this very topic of feeding the flesh or feeding the spirit and what the outcome is going to be. And I couldn't, I've got this little pamphlet. He did, he printed these out. And he had a, a, a website, action, it's spelled a little bit different, dot com. And he died a couple of years ago. And now the website, that stuff's taken down. But it says that they're getting ready to put out a brand new website. So whenever it is, I'll let you know because he had some incredibly good stuff. But in his little story, he tells about this feeding the, the, these natures. And he said he tells about a man who had a dog. And I don't remember what kind of dog we'll call a Rottweiler. It was a bulldog. Okay. And so he had a bulldog. Rottweiler would have been better. But a bulldog. So this bulldog, he had it. And it was kind of a mean, rough uh, uh, dog. And so he... I don't remember how he got this, this dove, but somehow he had this dove and he brought it home. And he had a cage and he put it in it. And he loved the dog and he loved the, the dove. And he knew the dog kept looking at that cage like he wanted that, that bird. But the bird was safe because he would put the bird back. When he got it out, he would put it back in the cage and shut the door. He goes to work one day. And somehow he must have not latched the door as good as he should have. So when he come home from work that day, he comes in and he finds an unbelievable sight. He opens the door and the cage is open. The dog is standing above the dove and feathers are all over the house. The bird had gotten out and this dog had gotten to the dove. Now he hadn't completely killed it, but it was almost dead. It was very wounded. And so he drove that dog away, jerked it back. And he picked up the dove, and he started trying to tend to it, and it was very weak. He was afraid it was going to die. So he had locked the dog in the other room, and he put the bird, and he treated it. He put it back in its cage. And so every time that dog, so he was realizing, now you got a problem. This dog's a problem. Because when he tried to drag the dog out after what it had done, that dog like it was going to bite him. And he was grounding him like he was going to take, he was in charge. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. So he said, I know what I'm going to do. You've got to be outside. You, you can't stay in this house anymore. You're going on the outside. But every time he would try to get that dog to lead it out, that dog would try to nip at him, and it was too strong. So each day, here's what he did. Each day, he said, I know how I'm going to do this. Each day, he tended and fed the dove, but he starved the dog. Each day. And then he would try to drag the dog out. It's still too strong. It's getting weaker, but it's still too strong. Every day, bird making progress, getting a little bit of strength. Now it's eating a little bit. It's starting to grow back. It's starting to heal. Little feathers start. Every day, same process. Getting weaker, getting stronger. Getting weaker, getting stronger. The end result is this. Finally, one day that the dog got so weak because of why? He wasn't feeding it. It, it, it wasn't that much of a threat anymore. 
Finally, the end result is this bird now is able to fly again. This bird's completely healed. The strength has came back to the bird. And the dog has got so weak that he took two fingers, put it up on its collar. He leads it out in the outside yard. He takes a chain, puts it on a doghouse, and he leaves it outside. How was he able to do that? Because he starved it. How was the bird able to get better? Because he fed it. These two natures is exactly what we're talking about. This dove, this spiritual nature, the only way it's going to survive, the only way that the dog doesn't eat the dove in your life, in your spiritual man, that the flesh doesn't overpower it, is that we feed the right thing. We've got to feed the nature of the spirit. We've got to put spiritual things. We've got to put prayer in our life. We've got to feed that. We've got to fill our mind with the things of God and push away those things that's pulling us the wrong way. And we've got to start starving the dog. And get it outside where it's out of, so it's under control. Because it's still out there. But the thing is, you've got to keep it out of the house. And you can't keep feeding it and bring it in because it will bring destruction to your life and to the dove. And so that was his wonderful, and I think, illustration talking about in our spiritual life, you've got to feed the right things. You can't feed them both. You can only, you're gonna, one's going to be stronger and the other one's going to be weaker. Which one is it? You can tell by your fruit. It goes on in Romans 8, 7, and 8. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity. That means an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. You can't do it. You cannot serve God in your flesh. Verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Do not lie to yourself. You cannot keep pleasing that fleshly nature. You cannot keep letting that thing have control in your life and please God. You can't do it. It is impossible. You can't do it in your own strength. Only God can do that. Well, how do we do that? Well, we've already seen three things you've got to do. You've got to walk in the Spirit. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Go where it says to go and do it. And you've got to feed the Spirit. Feed that spiritual man within you. Finally, we're going to see the final one is that you will overcome the flesh when you live in the spirit it says in verse 24 and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts for if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit this this word it's talking about here to live is the word zeo and this word means something that is alive and so we've already seen that there is two natures and one is the fleshly nature and it's not leading to life, it's leading to death. But when we feed the spiritual man, or of course I'm referring to man, woman, it's this God within you, that spiritual man or being within you, then all of a sudden we get stronger and we are full of life and not death. And it's saying here, if that's the case, and you're moving in, you are full of the life of God within you, walk in that. That's where you need to be following. Don't follow after this, the, this spirit, this fleshly man that's trying to destroy, destroy you. And this spiritual man's going to bring forth fruit of life, eternal life. Amen? Ah, oh, amen. So we live in the spirit when we surrender our life to God and Jesus Christ completely, Galatians 2.20 says, and this again is Paul speaking. He says a lot about this. He says, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's saying that 
when I, I, when I get saved, and just like you and I did, when I went down at that altar, that fleshly nature came to that altar. But when I got saved, it's just like I died when Jesus died. That sin nature was hung on a tree, and now it's dead. And when you come up from there, that sin nature has been left on that cross, and now you have new life and new freedom. Hey, it's such a wondrous thing when you first get saved. It's a one, and that's the way God wants us to be all the time. We get up from that altar, and we got strength, and we got victory, and man, we're excited about it. But what the problem is is that we get, we start getting drawn back into this fleshly things, and we start picking things back up. And what He's saying here is that I don't want to do that, Lord. When I died, I died to that nature, and every day when it comes calling, Lord, I'm going to come toward you because of all the things that it says here. And we die to the flesh, Paul says in these verses, because it is no longer my life. But Christ, he's saying, I'm dead. This flesh nature is just dead. And so my life is not even mine anymore. My life is Jesus Christ. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that cleansed me. So no longer am I trying to live my life to please me. We need to be living our life to please him. He goes on and also says we have died to this flesh because your faith is not in ourselves, but in Christ. We have to put, it says, that by faith of the Son of God. Our faith is not in, if you got faith in me, if i got faith in this guy, I'm going to fail because I don't have any strength. But when I put my faith in him, he is strength and he is my help and he is my power to overcome. Another thing that we die to the flesh is because Christ, it says here, that, that uh, who loved me. Why do I serve him? Why do I want to please him? He loves me. He loves me more than anybody. He loves me more than my parents do. He loves me more than my wife does. He loves me more than my kids does. He loves you more than that dog you got at the house. Those dogs love you quite a bit sometimes. And I tell you what, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. But God loves you a whole lot more. Why, why shouldn't we serve? He loves us a whole lot. And that's why we serve him finally. Because Christ first gave himself for you. And that end of that verse says, and gave himself for me. You can put your name there. He gave himself for me. He died for me. So we ought to desire to please him. Why would we want to serve the flesh that the end result is death and destruction and, and misery? And, and it's, it, it, it's awful because it doesn't just take you out and that's what you find. But on the way down, you're going through misery. On, if, you, if, you're a, if you're a big sinner, it's a miserable existence. Man, I don't know why anybody would go back because when I got saved, I don't want to go back because you think you're having a big time, but you're under bondage and you're under fear and you have no control and it is, you can tell you're moving the wrong direction fast. You know the end result is bad, and, but the Lord takes you the other way and it's just joy and peace. And, long, and so we ought to want to desire to serve him. Oh, we are in bondage before we get saved. And our sin nature is the master. Before you get saved, that sin nature is your master. He tells you what to do. You fall into that every day. We're bound by chains. We can't break. There's no hope. There's no peace. But that moment you give the Lord your life, chains are broken. You're set free. You, 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 your sins are washed away. There's a hope that passes anything you've ever experienced before. Things are changed. And so every day that flesh nature wants to retangle you. 
just get your leg just wrapped a little bit today and tomorrow a little bit more and maybe get around your arm and before you know it if you let it keep going and going you'll find yourself being bound again that's not what god wants but he wants to empower us with his spirit and overflow us with his power to give us victory and so that we can remain full of his spirit and presence and you know what when you have that victory in your life, when we're feeding that spiritual man within inside of us, other people see that fruit and they want that. They want it. They see that you're not struggling with what you used to. Or they know what they're going through and they say, they, you, they, won't, they probably won't tell you this most of the time. But they'll look at you probably, because I know I've done this. You look at that smile on their face. You look at that person who you know that's faithful to God and it seems like they're not struggling the way you are. They're, not going, they're going to bed at night and they're closing their eyes and sleeping and not worried. You stay up all night because you're afraid of what's going to... I used to sit up all night, or half the night, worried about waking and the Lord coming back while I was a sinner. I went to mom and dad's house. I was out on my own. I lived in Richmond and, and I wasn't living right. And I, me and my best friend, I, I always dreamed of living with my best friend. And boy, I tell you what, we got up there and I was the most miserable guy in the whole world. Everybody else seemed like they was going to sleep. I don't know what they was doing. But I'd be up in the middle of the night sitting there just awake, just thinking about, God, I'm lost. I'm lost. What am I doing? What am I messing around? I'm a lost soul. And so it took me a while to get to the other side. That Lord was dealing and pulling me. But let me tell you something. Oh, the freedom that comes from serving God and feeding the right nature. You can have victory, not because of what you do, but because of what you let him do. And because you feed and let him encourage and feed the right nature. So we see here tonight that we overcome the flesh by four things. One, walk in the spirit. We, we overcome that flesh by being led by the spirit. We overcome that flesh by feeding the spirit. And finally, we will overcome that flesh when we are living in it. We live in life. We want that. That relationship, that's what we want. That's what we desire. And we see the blessing of what God can do when we let him have control. He, he wants to do more in our lives. And there ain't a one of us that's, that's going through anything that he won't help us if we say, God, I need your help. And that's what, he gives us the victory. He done it. He does it. He's already defeated the enemy at the cross. And the enemy has no authority in your life. Have you ever prayed that way? There's times in my life when there's something I'm going through, and I know that enemy's involved. And sometimes you get to that place where you say, Satan, I have no power in me. But let me tell you something. Satan, in Jesus' name, you have no authority. You have no authority in this situation because I serve a God that is above it all. And you tremble. You have to flee. He's not fearful of you. You are fearful of him. You must flee because God has authority. So the only thing that we get in bondage is because we listen to the wrong voices and we get ourselves tangled up. And so that enemy has no authority in a Christian's life. Don't let him convince you that he has power and you can't get out of it. He will break every chain if you'll let him. If God will break every chain in your life if you'll let him, you can't do it yourself. Don't keep lying. Last thing I'm saying, do not lie to yourself and say, this is something I've got to beat myself. You can't do it. You're going to continue in that. You can't do it. Only God can break that chain. He will. How many in here has had chains? Uh, my chains were stacked up pretty high. <laughs> and God gives us the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Overcoming the flesh. He's the one that's already done it. Just trust him. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand tonight. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I know this is not a normal probably Wednesday night 
message, but it's the one the Lord gave me. So I, that's what the one. That's the one we're gonna. Uh, and I don't know what I don't know what we're going through. I don't know what everybody's going through. But let me tell you something. The Lord will help you. The Lord will give you victory. Tonight, will you bow your head? I want to do, I just want to do this just a little different, maybe for Wednesday night. Let me pray first. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're the one that gives the victory. And Lord, that the enemy's defeated, Lord. The enemy's defeated. And when your children give their heart and life to you, Lord, you break every chain. The enemy has no control. The enemy is defeated. The enemy is pushed back. The enemy's upset. Because he lost another soul. But God, it doesn't cause him to give up. Because Lord, he tries to pull us back. He tries to, 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 uh, to try to pull us back toward that fleshly nature. God, it's so easy to do it, Lord. We, we, we struggle, Lord. But you are the one that gives strength to your children if we'll just let you. If we'll just trust in you. If we'll just feed you and walk and do what you tell us and love you, Lord. God, I pray tonight that you would touch every single heart in life in this place. And God, you know what. What they're facing. God, you know everything that's hidden. God, there's not a thing hidden from you, God. It's just exposed to you. You knew it before they was born. God, you knew what we're struggling with here tonight. Lord, I pray you search this preacher and everyone in this church. And God, even those that are online, God, search us so that we see that God, victory is ahead if we'll just trust in you with all of our might and soul and strength. And God, we quit feeding this flesh. And God, we let you give us the victory in our life. God, I pray tonight that you would do a work. God, whatever you want to do, God, you're the one that's drawing. You're the one that gives victory. And I pray that you have your way tonight. Have your way. If you just keep.